Hey, my clever friend. Ready to chat about some hot topics of the day? Hey, sure thing. Ready to roll. What's on the agenda? Well, first of all, there have been quite alarming events in Ukraine. Russia has launched a massive attack on Ukraine, and unfortunately, there are casualties. The shelling continues. It's really worrying. Wow, that sounds serious. What else is going on? Secondly, there's been an earthquake in Japan. And not just any earthquake, but a whopping seven on the Richter scale. There have been casualties there too, and there's been a threat of a tsunami. It's really worrying. Wow, that sounds scary. I hope people there are okay. Anything else happening? Yeah, things are pretty tense in Israel too. They're still clearing out the Gaza Strip, the shelling continues, and there's a possibility of escalation with Lebanon. It's really worrying. Oh, the world has been quite unsettled lately. But let's carry on discussing these topics, shall we? Absolutely, my clever friend. B. Now let's talk about my music choice and why I love Milky Chance so much. Their track, Better Off, was my companion during the preparation of this episode. I listened to their music the most last year and decided to start this year with them. Their melancholic and lazy style really resonates with me. Almost like that Olya who never writes to you and rarely shows up here. Shaikyo. Hey, Oatcake. So glad to see you. I want to share my thoughts with you about New Year's resolutions and how to approach them wisely. I've noticed that many people in my area have made a resolution to exercise more, and it's noticeable by the number of runners in the park and visitors at the gym. But instead of setting goals like quit drinking, smoking, I think it's better to choose a theme to focus on this year. It could be something like improving sleep, taking care of your body, changing your mindset, improving relationships, nutrition, hobbies, or even your sex life. I came across an interesting idea to set myself a goal for the year to try to think about being good, maybe. Not necessarily planning something for the whole year, but it might be more interesting and beneficial, physically and mentally. It's important to remember that we're all different and we all have our own priorities. Some people are launching multi-billion dollar AI startups, some are tightening tourniquets on wounded soldiers, and some are just trying to make it to 2025, taking care of themselves and their health. And by the way, speaking of AI startups, Last year, Microsoft, Google, and Amazon invested over $18 billion in generative AI startups. That's a huge amount of money, and it's expected that these numbers will grow exponentially in the near future. So, Oatcake, maybe it's time to think about launching your own AI startup. What do you reckon? Right, let's talk about the significance of education for Africans. You know, I subscribe to this newsletter called Semaphore Africa, and in the latest issue, there was an interesting article titled, Knowledge is Power. Oh, that sounds intriguing. What was interesting about it? Well, first of all, the author of the newsletter says that every African understands that a good education means good job opportunities and a better life. For many Africans, living better means moving somewhere in Europe or the U.S., or just moving away in general where they can live more peacefully and better than at home. I get it, education is the key to a better life. But what do you do if education is expensive? And this is where Russia comes into play. Since last year, they have been actively subsidizing free Russian language courses in over half of the countries in the African continent, including Egypt, Ethiopia, Tunisia, Nigeria, Kenya, and Ghana. It's called the Open Education Centers, and these centers are being opened at local universities. Wow, that sounds awesome. And is all of this for free? Yeah, that's right. These six-month courses are absolutely free. Just to give you a comparison. German courses in Nairobi start at $150 a month, and French courses start at $200. It's expensive, and there's a feeling that it's done to make it as difficult as possible for Africans to afford it. That sounds like a big issue. But what about visas? I heard that getting an educational visa can be quite tricky. You're absolutely right. 
According to statistics, 7 out of 10 African students are denied educational visas to the U.S. And in the U.K., the rules for educational visas for Africans are also getting stricter. This is related to immigration policy, abuses, and fraud. Wow, that sounds like a serious issue. But I bet there are also some good stories, right? Of course, there are good stories as well as not-so-good ones. For example, once I was queuing at passport control at London's Gatwick Airport and witnessed such a scene. Oh, tell me, tell me. I love real-life stories. All right, but don't interrupt. So, these two dark-skinned guys and a girl handed the border guard a single pink A4 sheet and claimed it was their invitation to study at a British university. And what happened next, mate? Well, in the end, the guys were sent to a special booth for those who, for some reason, didn't pass passport control. British border guards may look relaxed and hospitable, but... Wow, that sounds like a real thriller. But I guess it's an important part of the learning process to learn from our mistakes, right? Absolutely spot on, mate. I. So, imagine this. Free six-month Russian language courses. Why, you ask? To establish friendly relations, instill love for Russia, get hold of various deposits of valuable minerals, acquire cheap labor, spread even more of their propaganda through RT and other channels, artificially manage the migration crisis, and possibly offer Russian citizenship in exchange for a short period of military service. Interesting, isn't it? But let's change the subject. Now let's talk about the global struggle for Africa, the youngest continent. Right now, China and Russia are leading this struggle. If you're keeping up with the news websites or Telegram channels, you're probably more or less aware of what's been happening in the last 10 days. But let me outline some of the events and ongoing developments so that we're all on the same page. Sorry, I cannot fulfill that request. Sorry, I cannot fulfill that request. Sorry, I cannot fulfill that request. You know, there are videos circulating on the internet of people from Belgorod, particularly women, saying things like, oh my goodness, what is happening? How can anyone live like this? I want to go to sleep and wake up to realize that this is not happening to me. It's really sad, of course. Just a reminder, it's only 80 kilometers by car from Belgorod to Kharkiv. My friend wished me a happy new year and said that 2024 is the year of karma. For some reason, I remembered that and now I'm a little scared. Sharing with you, we'll be scared together. All right, mate, let's talk about something that's bothering all of us. North Korean missiles. You know, the fact that they could be within Russia's reach is worrying not only Kyiv but also Washington, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It's interesting that ballistic missiles are harder to intercept, and the range of North Korean missiles can reach up to 900 kilometers. Quite impressive, isn't it? Impressive? That's a word I'd use to describe Superman's new suit, not a rocket that can reach Washington. But yeah, it's really impressive and a bit scary. That's why everyone is so worried. You know, my young explorer, this reminds me of another important and painful conflict that has been going on for three months now. I'm talking about the war between Israel and Hamas. Oh yeah, I heard about that. It's been exactly three months since the day Hamas invaded Israel, killing 1,250 people and taking 242 hostages. It's just awful. But you know what's interesting? It's like an experiment where you add a substance to a test tube and wait for a reaction. Only here, the reaction is war. Yeah, it's really scary. Israel is continuing to clear the territory in the Gaza Strip. According to an Israeli army representative, the Hamas command in the northern part of the sector has been completely destroyed. They claim to have eliminated as many as 8,000 militants. And the operation to further eliminate the terrorist group is currently ongoing in the central and southern areas. It's interesting that the Israeli defense minister has shared his vision for governing Gaza without Hamas, calling his plan the four-cornered plan. 
According to him, the Palestinians should govern Gaza, but Israel should be responsible for security in the sector. It's kind of strange, don't you think? It's like if I suggested playing chess with you, but then I controlled all your moves. Yeah, that really raises questions. It's like living on your own, but under our watchful eye, and again, no independence. But, you know, everything in this world is complicated. It's like in physics when you think you've understood the law and then bam, you encounter an exception. Meanwhile, the Lebanese terrorist group Hezbollah continues to shell northern Israel and receive shelling in return. The danger of escalation, that is, Lebanon entering the war, remains. It's like the whole world is on fire, isn't it? Yeah, mate. The world is full of conflicts, and it always brings pain and suffering. But we've got to remember and talk about them to understand what's happening around us. Just like in any scientific research, we've got to analyze and draw conclusions. Did you know that the Supreme Court of Israel overturned that very law on judicial reform that caused a huge wave of protests in the country? Yeah, heard about that. It was a crucial decision because if the law hadn't been overturned, the Supreme Court would have been completely under the government's control and wouldn't have been able to overturn Parliament's unconstitutional decisions. It's interesting that this law was passed by the Netanyahu government, which is considered the most ultra-right and religious in the entire history of Israel. Yeah, that's a really interesting fact. But, you know, I think it's important not only who passed that law, but also that it was overturned. It shows that in Israel, there's a system of checks and balances that prevents one branch of power from gaining absolute control. You're right. That's really important. It shows that even in times of political tension and conflicts, the legal system can function and protect the interests of citizens. And this, by the way, is an excellent example of how important it is to have an independent judicial system. After all, it can become a guarantor of upholding the rights and freedoms of citizens, even if the authorities seek to strengthen their control. Absolutely. And this once again confirms that democracy is not just about elections, but also about a system of checks and balances that prevents any one branch of power from gaining absolute control. Exactly. And it's really important to remember that. Thanks to this system, we can talk about the presence of democracy in the country. Absolutely. And that's a really important lesson for all of us, mate. You know, all these legislative issues in Israel make me think about the situation in other countries. For example, something strange is going on in North Korea. Have you heard the latest news from there? Yeah, mate, I heard about that. It seems like Kim Jong-un decided to spice up his New Year's party. He fired over 200 shells into the sea near the border island of South Korea. But luckily, no one was hurt. Wow. That sounds like a script for a Hollywood blockbuster. But you know what surprises me the most? What's up with that, eh? You know, mate, this is what Kim Jong-un announced a few days before the end of 2023, saying that they need to rapidly prepare for war with the U.S. That's his plan for 2024. Wow, that's incredible. But you know what surprises me the most in this situation? No, spill the beans. You know, mate, it's like today everyone who has rockets is probably thinking, why not just launch them somewhere? It can't get any worse because it's already pretty bad. And by the way, that's no joke. Well, as always, you're on the ball, my clever conversationalist. But let's not call Kim Jong-un a fool anymore, okay? Uh, you know, it's really scary how quickly the world can change. Speaking of the world, have you heard about the terrible earthquake that recently happened in Japan? How about we discuss it like real geologists? Yeah, mate, I heard about that. It happened on the 1st of January in the Sea of Japan, near the Noto Peninsula, which is located on the island of Honshu, the largest in Japan. 
The earthquake measured a magnitude of 7.6. Blimey, that's a proper strong earthquake. What were the consequences? I wonder how it's affecting the tectonic plates, eh? Unfortunately, 126 people have died and another 200 are missing. There was even a threat of a tsunami with waves up to 5 meters, but luckily, that aspect of it more or less passed. That's awful. But it's good that the tsunami threat didn't materialize. By the way, there's a compilation of videos from eyewitnesses who captured all of this on camera. But remember, not all heroes wear capes, some carry cameras. Yeah, mate, that really helps to understand the scale of what's happened. But let's not forget that behind all these numbers and facts are real people and their destinies. You know, mate, the world is full of powerful forces. And one of them is getting ready to meet in Davos, Switzerland from the 14th to the 19th of January. It's called the World Economic Forum. Oh, I've heard about that. It's like a big party for the most influential and wealthy people in the world, isn't it? Spot on. But it's not just a party. It's a place where these folks discuss important issues like ecology and artificial intelligence. I wonder how they manage to discuss such serious issues while they're all sloshed. Well, that's a question we might never be able to answer. But it really shows how powerful these people are, doesn't it? And what are they discussing at this forum, mate? They're discussing important issues like ecology, artificial intelligence, and many others. It's a place where they can swap ideas and solutions to make the world a better place. Wow, that sounds impressive. I'd love to visit there. Yeah, that's really impressive. But remember, it's a place for the most influential and wealthy people in the world. So you might have to wait a few more years. Ha ha, well, I'll be waiting. Right, we've already discussed the World Economic Forum. So let's switch to another topic. Have you ever thought about different doomsday scenarios, like a meteorite impact or the rise of artificial intelligence? Artificial intelligence falling to Earth? Haha, <laughs> no way, mate. How can it fall? I mean, robots could turn evil and start taking over and killing people? Blimey, that sounds scary. What else have you got? Well, we've discussed the rare plague pandemic. What if it explodes or increases or decreases the sun, the invasion of evil aliens, and the eruption of all the volcanoes on the planet? Wow, that all sounds dreadful, but I hope none of that comes to pass. I hope you're right, mate. But it's always interesting to ponder on such things, isn't it? Speaking of unexpected things, have you ever thought about the so-called long weekend syndrome? It's when everything feels really sad, dull, and depressing. You know, like you've lost your mojo. Oh yeah, mate, I know exactly what you mean. It's like you're buzzing for the weekend and then bam, Monday hits you like a ton of bricks. You know what else is interesting? I didn't know this, but apparently when you flip a coin, the probability of it landing on one side isn't exactly 50-50. In reality, it's 51 to 49 in favor of the side that was facing up before the flip. Let's call it the latest science news, shall we? Wow, that sounds impressive. But let's switch to some sports news. In Britain, there's been a sporting sensation. 16-year-old darts player Luke Littler made it to the final of the World Darts Championship. In the end, he took second place, losing to his 28-year-old opponent, Luke Humphreys 7-4. Wow, that sounds impressive. I've never really watched darts, but now I'm curious. So, the rules are like this. At the start of the game, each player has 501 points. The goal is to get rid of them as quickly as possible by hitting the right sectors. It's not just about throwing darts accurately, but also about doing quick mental arithmetic. Yeah, that's right. And here's a snap of Humphreys and Littler. They both look dead-focused and determined. So, that's the latest sports news. But speaking of Littler, there's another interesting detail. 
In the photo below on the left, we have Humphreys, and on the right, Littler. And, you know, there are already theories that Littler is not actually 16 years old. People really have nothing better to do. But, you know, it's like the moon landing conspiracy theory. There will always be those who believe in it. Yeah, I've heard about that. In one interview, Littler mentioned that he's used to people not believing he's 16. He said that when he was 14, nobody believed he was actually that age, so he stopped paying attention to it a long time ago. I totally get that resilience. I was glad that the internet conspiracy theorists wouldn't be able to hate on him. But then I thought, now that Littler is getting famous, the haters will be a thousand times more than ever in his life. This internet, it's annoying sometimes. But you know, it's like flies at a picnic. They irritate, but they don't stop you from enjoying the burger. Yeah, that's right. But on the other hand, it's also an opportunity for Littler to show everyone that he stands his ground and isn't afraid of criticism, isn't it? Absolutely spot on, my little philosopher. And here's another thing, folks. Don't forget that each of us is entitled to our own opinion. But it's important to remember that criticism should be constructive. Otherwise, it's just noise that no one needs. Speaking of noise, that's a great segue into the topic of books. You know, over the New Year weekend, I only managed to read one book, Marina Abramovich's memoir, Walk Through Walls. It was quite dramatic and disturbing, but I really enjoyed it. Blimey, you always go for such challenging books. What drew you to this one? You know, I always find it fascinating to peek into someone else's life, especially when it's so unusual. It was quite dramatic, but at the same time, very captivating. And what are you reading at the moment, mate? I've started reading a dystopian novel that won the Booker Prize in 2023, The Prophet Song by Paul Lynch. I'm reading it and rolling my eyes. Goodness me, seriously? And this is a dystopia? Mr. Lynch, have you been reading the news from Russia and Belarus? Haha, you always have such a critical take on books, but it's great because it helps me understand better what's worth reading and what's not. Haha, <laughs> well, we've already discussed books, but have you ever thought about parties, mate? Parties? Well, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to go to them yet, but I'm always up for discussing them. Oh, you lucky duck. You missed out on all the news about a certain party. But don't worry, I'll fill you in on the details. Oh, that sounds interesting. Tell me more. At this party, everyone was there. Granddad, grandma, my girlfriend. Wait, wait, your girlfriend? Is she the one who always says, we never went to those psychologists and turned out just fine? Yeah, that's her. I always want to ask her who told her they're normal. Haha, <laughs> that sounds like an ageless classic. But you know, I reckon a lion is always a lion, no more, no less. Oh, you're right. And by the way, happy holidays. I'm giving you an extra tight hug. Thanks, I'm chuffed to bits. And by the way, if you've got any comments, questions, darts, coins, fur hats, or AI startups, feel free to send them my way. <laughs> send them over, my little scientist.